Live from the Business Radio X studio inside Renaissance Bank, the bank that specializes in understanding you. It's time for North Fulton Business Radio. And hello again, everyone. Welcome to another edition of North Fulton Business Radio. I'm John Ray, and folks, as usual, we're uh, hanging out here in the Renaissance branch in beautiful downtown Alpharetta. And if you're looking for a bank that you don't want them to show up in the headlines on Monday morning, you know what I mean by that, if you've been following the financial news this year, um, you want a bank that's got a great balance sheet and knows how to operate their business so they don't get into trouble and get you in trouble. But you also want a business that's easy to deal with, a, a bank that's easy to deal with, that does it in a personal way in spite of their size. And that's what I have found at Renaissance Bank. So if you're looking for that magic combination of all those things, go to renaissancebank.com, find one of their local offices and give them a call. I think you'll be glad you did. Renaissance Bank, understanding you, member FDIC. And now I want to welcome Karen Walters. Karen is with Beyond Culture. Karen, welcome. Hey, John. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming in. So let's talk about you and Beyond Culture. How are you serving folks out there? Yes, I am uh, really enjoying myself. I have started a firm, a human resources consulting firm, last year. Okay. It's called Beyond Culture. But basically what I do is I serve the local community, small to medium-sized businesses Mm -hmm. by taking human resources off their plate. That's a big one. (laughs) (laughs) That's a big one. That's a big problem for a lot of businesses. It is. What what I'm finding is that business owners are very, very good at what they do. Mm -hmm. They're very good at what they do. But oftentimes they're trying to take on the challenges of other functions and their plate's full. And so I, I bring a 30-year career in the human resources field, and I just am thoroughly enjoying sharing some of that with with great people. That's wonderful. So let's talk about your journey, though. You t- talked about that 30-year career field. Let's talk about that, what that uh, journey looks like. Right. So I fell into human resources. I didn't know what it was, honestly. I started in college. Mm. And then the first half of that 30 years, I spent at a Fortune 50 company, so a really large um international IT firm. And I, I grew up there and mm-hmm. learned uh, learned from a lot of awesome human resources professionals. And then the second half of that 30 years, I've been here locally uh, with the Arthur Blank businesses, mm. which um, if anyone follows Arthur, it's the Atlanta Falcons, it's the Atlanta United soccer team, the Mercedes-Benz Stadium, his foundation, PGA Tour superstores, and mm-hmm. two, two ranches out in Montana. So um, really a, a blessed experience there as well. Wow, that's that's from an HR point of view. That's a lot of different uh, workplace environments, I guess you might say. Yeah, but I think the core values. You know, the Arthur is if, is a values led leader, and mm-hmm. I, and uh, that's the common denominator. And it goes back to Home Depot. It doesn't really matter if it's a hardware store, or a stadium, or foundation. It's it's kind of all the same thing from a people perspective. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, um, why start your own business at this point? It's so invigorating. Yeah. I, you know, I reached sort of this magical point where I had added value and I'd been doing it for almost 20 years working for Arthur. And I just, I just said to myself, Hey, you know, I'd like to, in this next phase of my life, fulfill what I feel is a purpose. And that is to partner with small businesses in our area to make them even more awesome, you mm-hmm. know, propel them forward by sharing my piece of the pizza. 
You're a piece of the pizza. House. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Um, so l- let's talk about uh, workplace culture. So, uh, I mean, we hear that word a lot right now. We've heard it so many times that I think it's, it, for some people, it may lose its meaning or, sure, right? It gets fuzzy. Yeah. So th- w- when you think about culture, how do you think about it? Yeah, I am sensitive to the whole buzzword. I mean, the whole human resources profession is filled with buzzwords and it can there can be a lot of corporate speak. Yep. And I, I tend to approach things in, in a more genuine way. But mm-hmm. as far as the word culture, what it means to me is what it feels like to work somewhere. So there's a quote that is kind of a guiding quote in my career, and that is Maya Angelou's quote, people won't remember what you told them, mm-hmm. unfortunately. They won't remember what you told them. They'll right. remember how you made them feel. Mm. And so I picture culture is really just if you're standing standing in your backyard talking over the fence with your neighbor, and your neighbor says, hey, what's it like to work there? Like, what, what's, it, what's it feel like to work at your job? Whatever adjectives come out of that person's mouth describe the culture. So you can call it whatever you want, it the workplace environment, but it is basically your employees are telling folks what it's like to work there. So I believe let's make them great places to work. My formal definition of culture is pretty simple, and that is that when you have a group of people that come together for a common purpose. So that's just not just at work. That's there could be a, a workplace or I mean, sorry, a culture at a, on a sports team. Mm-hmm. You can have a culture in the classroom. You can have a culture in home culture in a faith-based organization, culture at work, whatever it is. But when a group of people come together for a common purpose, there are agreed upon behaviors either explicitly or implicitly, meaning a group of people are going to just decide how they treat each other. And right. the black, the byproduct of that is the culture. Yeah, and that's interesting the way you describe that because um, here's what you did not say. Um, when you say that it's the words that come out of an employee's mouth, um, that's those are not the words necessarily that are in the annual report or on the website or on the business card with the with <laughs> with with the fancy little tagline that someone's come up with, right? Yes. Um, so it's really either. Because, either because of or in spite of our best efforts, depending on the case, yes. it's what employees say. It's not what we think. Exactly. I'm glad you said that because there is can be a disjoint, you mm-hmm. know, and, and and there are businesses that have what what we all kind of call core values. Mm-hmm. It's another buzzword. Yeah. But what's a core value? A core value is just like a deeply held belief. It comes from your heritage. It comes from your tough lessons learned. It comes from who you are. It's the, the way you want to, to run your business. Mm-hmm. Um, so core values can literally be like stolen off of a competitor's website <laughs> or Googled, <laughs> like, what should my core values be? Right. Or ask chat GPT, it'll tell you. Yeah, right? yeah, 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 there you go. Some, give me some good ones. But I believe it's uh, culture is really at the heart. This is not a head exercise. It's a, a, a heart exercise. And so um, what I have enjoyed doing is helping businesses figure out what their core values really are. And then let's build a people strategy from the ground up. The way I do that is by uh, interviewing the employees. Ooh, that's scary. <laughs> <laughs> so far, no, yeah. I mean, it's it's getting the the employees to tell me legendary stories of when this business has been at its best. Well, I, I mean, but for the business owner, it sometimes, can, it, it, right? They, it, they can they cringe when you tell when you tell them you want to do that, right? Sometimes, yeah. Um, well, what, I'm, I'm, so how does that process work? I'm curious about that. 
uh, that process. Yeah. So, so I, um, either in one-on-one interviews or small group interviews, yeah. I, uh, prepare the employees to think about times when they're, employment experience has been at its very best Mm. in five different areas. Um, Some of those areas are, you know, how leadership treats the team. When have we been at our legendary best? How this organization treats customers. When have we been at our legendary best? Um, How people work together, uh, how we treat the community or how we impact the community and how each individual person approaches their work. So five areas, because I believe there, there should be five um, action-based words, action-based words, mm-hmm. not nouns, but verbs uh, that describe uh, the how the organization is going to work together. Give an example of that. Yeah. So how one of them, you know, that, that I just mentioned is how leadership treats the team. Mm-hmm. So by listening to a bunch of different employees, tell me these cool stories of when they've been like really touched by the way the employer treated them there'll be some words that emerge from that that match the employee, the company's real personality, not Google's list of words, but like something that really resonates with the people that work there. So it might be something regarding investing in mm. the people, you know, here we really invest in people or we really, you know, one Arthur's value, Arthur Blank's value on that one is put people first, mm-hmm. whatever resonates right. to the personality of the business. And then the, the true thing there is to a- activate that mm-hmm. daily. Mm. Yeah. Through word and deed. Right. Um, I mean, we talked, we talked about the negative of that, but there's got to be a positive too in the sense of the unexpected learning that a business owner has about the way employees see their employer yeah. that are that is really nice and pretty cool when you think about it yeah. that that maybe the employer doesn't even see themselves. Do you see that? I do. I see a a boost in confidence in the employer to mm-hmm. have these words that describe the desired culture. Mm-hmm. I guess culture is maybe a bad word, but you know. Right. Yeah. Um, but and you know to see a business put a core values wheel on their website and yeah. now all of a sudden they have this sort of a, an employer brand that candidates can look at their website and say, Oh, they, they've thought this through with mm-hmm. some intentionality about the workplace they want to have. So I think it can be an esteem boost and it can, I think people, people's challenges, let's just think about the people challenges that we've encountered in our careers. They're dicey and difficult, but to have, a set of core values. It's like a compass, you know, where you could, you're making decisions based on those core values. It roots you, shows you what to do when you're at the fork in the road and you don't know what to do. It's like, well, I'm going to do the next right thing based on these core values that are really my core values. Mm. So yeah, it's, it's a toolkit, not just a PR campaign. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Karen Walters is with us folks. She is the founder, CEO of Beyond Culture. So Karen, you've got some interesting thoughts about managing versus leading. Yes. And again, like you listen to that, you think, well, gee, I've heard that a million times. I don't know. I think we just, we really still believe in many cases that those words are synonymous and they're not. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And I think the power in that is, again, at the heart level, not the head level. So it's not about reading a book and studying the difference between managing and leading, but really walking it out. So the way I, I view that as being two different things is managing is about task completion. So if, if I'm a manager uh, in a classroom, on a sports team, or in the workplace, whatever it is, I'm ensuring that tasks get completed. Mm. And what leadership is, is we can't really call ourselves a leader it's that other people decide that we're a leader and we can look behind us and we can see that there are people that are so inspired by our example that they're following us. So they've actually decided that we're a leader and it's because they see something in us that's worth following. I don't know when I listen to those two definitions, they're really different things, yes. but I think we do use them interchangeably. Right. And I think there's power in thinking about the impact that we have on other people through our leadership. Is is the can the difference be described as heart versus head? That managing is more head, it's more left brain. Oh, I maybe like that. That uh, leading is more heart, it's more right brained. I like that a lot. Yeah, yeah, I like that a lot. Okay, okay, that's another way to think about it, mm-hmm. right? Um, um, yeah, and and the whole idea of leading is not wherever a business owner may have gotten their training or particularly if they didn't get much training in managing a business prior to starting their own, um, they get pretty good at the managing piece of it. But the, the, the leadership part is where they really didn't get a whole lot of training. Sometimes even if they went through business school, right? Right. I think it's more about the people, the the experience of being a human being and, right. and who's poured into us and mm-hmm. who, who our role models have been. Right. Like I said, the tough lessons learned. So one of the things that I do at the beginning of working with a customer is uh, I, I have a five week, which sounds like a lot, but it's actually kind of quick. It's five hours spread out over five weeks. It's a self-reflection opportunity for leaders to look at themselves through these types of lenses mm-hmm. of when are we managing versus leading, you mm-hmm. know, and I, and they have like a week to think about that. And the funny thing is oftentimes it's been a self-reflection moment for their life at home. Oh, wow. Not, you know what I mean? Well, like, now we're getting into it. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think about my grandchildren, am I managing them or am I leading them? And mm. so that's been convicting for me too, is like, okay, you know, I have an opportunity in front of me to be a leader yeah. in all facets of my life. So I, I, when I, for years I've been thinking of starting this business and the questions that I ask myself is why do my girlfriends complain about their jobs all the time? And I, cause I listen to them complain about their jobs and I'm thinking, what is at the root of this? And not that all employers are that way by means. There's incredible places to work. Um, but I want leaders to have an opportunity to self-reflect because we're so darn busy. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's you've got me thinking. I love that. Uh, (laughs) Now you speaking of uh, some self reflection that you take business owners through, you've got a culture quiz. I do. Yeah. And that really involves 10 culture questions. We can't get to all 10, but let's take a, uh, just to give everyone an example of how this works. Let's take a couple of them. Delight yeah. is one of them. Let's talk about delight. I like that word. Yeah. I, I like to study words. What do those words mean? And I, I learned the word delight through my experience at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. We mm-hmm. 
I was on a team. It was not something I did by myself by any means, but we had to hire 4,000 people to run that stadium Mm. and then onboard them in an inspirational way. And one of the main things that we were, it was a heart exercise, not a head exercise, as you say, it was inspiring these people to feel like CEOs, to feel like they were Arthur Blank Mm. and to feel like they were Kings and Queens. And, and we were asking them to be their, their self be your special self. We had, we even had this one woman who took it upon herself to sing from the beginning of her shift to the end of her shift at the top of escalator one. And the reason that, and we were so happy that she did that. We would never think to ask her to do that. Sure. We were happy that she did that because it was a part of this fan experience, but um, it's about um, delight is my definition definition of delight is somebody's so surprised by the experience that they had that they're compelled to tell another human being about it. Mm. I can't wait to get home and tell my neighbor about what happened to me, to me today at the stadium, you know, so, or I can't wait to get home and tell you know about any business in this local area. You know, it, it was just an interaction with an employee or whatever it was, but it was so surprising and pleasant that I'm compelled to tell another human being about it. So, in the quiz, as you said, I have 10 components to that. And mm-hmm. honestly, I wrote it myself. I'm not a scientist. I'm not a, I don't have a PhD. These are just from my own experience in working with Arthur and, and opening up a stadium, which was a hurt, you know, just a huge effort right. of like, what really made that so special? And those are the 10 areas. So one of them is delight. And it's an opportunity for a business owner to say, you know what, what kind of impact are we having on our customers is it customer service? Is it customer satisfaction? Or can it go beyond, you know, should we have people singing? No, maybe not singing, but you get the principle. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, singing metaphorically, right? Metaphorically. Yeah, yeah. Not not necessarily literally. Yeah. Um, um, although that's good, as you mentioned. Yeah. Um, that can be. So um, another one that you have on this list of 10 culture questions is higher purpose. Yes. So I... I particularly want to hear about this because purpose is another one of those of those overused words I think that we we don't like get, have a clear picture on so give us that clear picture okay thank you so higher purpose it is um, is this worthy of my life you know and that was something that Arthur used to to say to us was you know you're spending time here you're working here is it worthy of your life Mm. And we need to all ask ourselves that because in the end, we're going to all have a legacy and we're going to look back and say, well, how did I spend my time? Mm. So a higher purpose is, I don't care what your job description is. I literally do not care what your job description is. You could be working at a drive-thru or you could be working in a stadium or any number of things that really doesn't matter. Everybody has the opportunity to put a higher purpose on their life. And it's each individual person has a different higher purpose. So I'll just speak in regards to the stadium because that was sort of the beautiful thing that I witnessed happening in front of me as, as I trained thousands of people. Um, It was seeing people have the light bulb moment that even though they, they had accepted a job to work at the stadium with a particular title, concession stand worker or security guard, whatever it was, they didn't realize what they had done was signed up for a very meaningful thing. And Mm. that was to positively impact the lives of our guests and it was fun. You know, it was fun to go to work and to delight, to surprise and delight people and to make people smile, whatever your individual purpose is. That may sound kind of ethereal or like, oh, yeah, whatever. But that's where loyalty comes. That's where engagement comes. That's where retention comes. And obviously, that's something that employers 
struggle with. I'm just putting a little bit of flowery words to it. Well, and some definition and some structure to it, right? So because mm-hmm. that's that's a good thing to do. Yeah. Um, because this is why words like purpose get to have this amorphous meaning is we don't put some structure around it. We just hear mm-hmm. it used and it's used in a lot of different contexts. Yes. So you're helping us put structure around these words. So thank you for that. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, Karen Walters, folks, with Beyond Culture, the uh, HR consulting practice that she founded. Karen, let's talk about employer branding and how you use these 10 culture questions to mm-hmm. develop an employer brand. Right. So employer brand, probably another buzzword. What the heck does that mean? It, to me, it means, you know, if you think of a website, you know, we put a lot of thought on our website. And I think more times than not, we have the customer, the end user of our service in mind mm-hmm. when we're writing the content on the website. But there's also this other audience, and that is potential employees or, you know, candidates for the open jobs that we have. And I don't know, I think seeing, having another person kind of come in and look at that through a different lens. When, when, uh, when I look at websites from an employer brand standpoint, meaning how candidates view the opportunity, you know, how engaging is it? What does it read like a, an encyclopedia or dictionary or like a policy manual, what I'm reading, Mm -hmm. or is there some life to it? Some again, head versus heart. So, yeah, so employer brand is, is important. It's a part of attracting and inspiring and empowering and eventually retaining people. Mm -hmm. Got it. Um, which is more important than ever. Yeah. And, and to your point, the the point you made earlier, you're going to have an employer brand, whether you know it or not. Yes, (laughs) that's right. (laughs) Because that employer brand is what people, your employees say about working at your business. Uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, what I help business owners and business people to do is to have to craft that in an intentional way. Mm-hmm. And it just takes slowing down a little bit and thinking it through. And then again, being kind of that trusted advisor that says, Hey, I see it differently. Let me, let me tell you what I see. And and I think we all need that. How much do you encourage business owners to, um, maybe they're not quite there yeah. in terms of where they want to be, but they, express their employer brand in an aspirational way. Ah. How, how, how do you talk through, talk a business owner through that? Yes. That, those differences. Yeah. It's a journey. Yeah. It's a journey. So I think um, I'm proud to, you know, have built a customer base after starting my business and it is a journey. It's a long-term relationship. Mm-hmm. So I think that's why I start with this five-week experience. I call it a visioning experience, yeah. the five-week leadership. So uh, through that, we, we identify maybe some gaps, mm. and we work on it over time. Yeah. You know, so right. it's, it's a long-term partnership. Yeah, for sure. Um, so you've got some thoughts around core values over the entire employee life cycle. Now, the employee life cycle, what's, what is that, about nine months? Or what is? Oh, gosh, I hope not. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the way t- turnover yeah. is, has gotten to be in our, in our society. But uh, talk, talk about what you mean by that. Yeah, that's important. So thank you for asking that. So uh, these core values, which we've, we've spoken about, five different core values for a business that are highly personal to that business, uh, that should be the thread woven through the entire employee life cycle. An employee life cycle is really from, it's a circle 
uh, from at the top of the circle is the moment that a job is posted. You know, so again, like, how does that read? Is there some purpose? Is it inspirational? I don't know what, you know, what is it? How does that read? And then the next step is we interview people. What kind of questions are we asking? So core values based questions, that's a great way to make sure you're hiring people that are going to, you're going to want to work with. Mm-hmm. And then onboarding, that's a big one for me. It, mm-hmm. um, it's, it's, it's more than an I-9 form and a tax form. It is. Oh, come on. <laughs> I thought that's all it was. <laughs> it's not. It's, um, it is a, confirming that people made a good decision. Like they're energized. Mm. They're ready to run through the brick wall for you because mm. they, they feel like the woman who's saying on her shift, they're right. like, wow, you're, you're asking me to be myself. Mm. So onboarding all the way on through is what else do we do? Well, we'd have a career plan. We train. That was a, that was a big Arthur blank lesson. It was, it was like, do not go to the trouble of hiring somebody unless you have a written comprehensive training plan, because people don't want to feel nervous. Right. People want to feel prepared Yeah. and they're not going to feel confident to go delight a customer if they feel nervous. So training, career development, um, giving people feedback, uh, the whole employee life cycle up into the point that they leave. Let's have the core values. Okay. Sometimes people are supposed to leave your organization and it's, because they're supposed to be working somewhere else. And the way that we make that decision oftentimes is through the lens of the core values. Yeah. And sometimes you're, um, in fact, a lot of times if you, if you've got the right philosophy about your employees and how you manage your business, you you really are doing someone a favor by saying, um, Hey, I don't have a spot for where you need to go. Right. Yeah. the, the, uh, The journey you're on you need to be someplace else to fully flower. And I don't have that spot. I'm going to write that down. I love that. <laughs> I love that. It's a positive thing. Yeah, yeah. Right. And it's a courageous thing. It's a courageous yeah. thing for a business leader to step into those conversations. And I always applaud that. Yeah. Yeah. Terrific. Well, I, I want to, we're drawn up on time here and I want to get to um, a success story. Okay. That illustrates uh, within flesh and blood and a real uh, live example of the great work that you do. Okay. Uh, so I'll leave the names out. Yeah, but of course. I, I feel so fortunate to have partnered with local businesses, you know, so it could be a business that has 20 employees mm-hmm. or 60 or a hundred or, you know, different, um, but I don't know. I'm just, you can tell I just, I'm invigorated and, and I'm touched by the experience because these are grateful people. Mm-hmm. These are people that are passionate about their business and what they're doing and the impact that they're making on others. And they know that there's a gap on the people side. And so they're hungry for help. They're grateful for help. They are listeners. I'm not fighting them. They, the more I can give them is the, what they need and want. And so I think it alludes to what I said earlier, and that is the esteem boost that I am noticing by simply helping a business to articulate what they're trying to achieve from a people perspective and to all of a sudden they have a new website with this fancy, you know, uh, employer brand. And it's like, yeah, that's what I've been wanting to put down on paper, but I didn't know how. Mm -hmm. And then to act it out and to partner and to gain trust from these business owners that say, you know what, I want to know what Karen thinks. 
because I want to, I want to collaborate. And sometimes it can be lonely to be the business owner yeah. who are you going to, you know, you can ask your spouse, you know, but to have somebody that's got some experience and, you know, I've been around the block several times. <laughs> so to offer insights, cause I've just been in a lot of situations with mm-hmm. people. And so I just normally have something to offer and people value that and it propels them forward. What I will say also, I'm so grateful to the community of uh, business partners. So I know you've interviewed um, people from Forsyth Business Exchange on this show before, Melanie Zeman. She's an example of somebody. She's, she does what I do, but for finance. So she's yes. a CFO, Yeah, a fractional CFO. Right. So Shout I, out to Melanie. Yeah. I guess I'm a fractional human resources officer and she's sure. a fractional uh, financial officer. Right. So that's how I get referred in oftentimes. Mm-hmm. And it's because that CFO has a strategic line of sight into that business and gains their trust and knows the needs. And then I partner with them. So shout out to the awesome business community that I'm just getting embedded in. Yeah, for sure. Um, how, how does someone know they need to be in touch with you? What, what are the symptoms yeah. that they see in their business that think, Oh boy, I need to call Karen. Yeah. I think a pain point, I think, um, overwhelm or um, maybe a little bit of nervousness or fear about, hey, I'm missing something. I am an expert also in HR compliance. I mean, we've talked about some of the conceptual uh, things of core values and and all that. But I mean, I I can write a mean handbook and uh, job descriptions and know know a fair amount about employment law. So there's all that. So a little bit of fear or, you know, maybe your customers are not as dazzled as you'd like them to be. You've got turnover, you know, morale. People are maybe fighting a little bit on your team or you're just not gelling. You know, I do personality workshops and cohesiveness and, Mm. you know, all the things. So people are complex and I think people know when they have pain (laughs) because they're just a little confused about how to navigate it all. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Um, But one thing you, you were, um, we were talking about before you came on the air uh, is that maybe doing that employee handbook that someone needs oh, right. is a great jumping off point to just go a little deeper and turn that into, instead of just checking a compliance box yeah, to making that the purpose statement that you were talking about. Yeah. That's what I've enjoyed doing mm-hmm. is taking um, an, a handbook and of course it has to be the guardrails of behavior. Sure. I mean, right. we're not going to go off off the road here and end up in a ditch. So it needs to to have the decorum that's appropriate in an office or in a work environment. But let's also make it inspiring. Let's make it let's make it about the heritage of the business and about our five core values, where they came from, mm-hmm. that they were born from the employees telling us what they are, et cetera, et cetera. And, and is this worthy of your life? Like, what are we in the big picture? What are we really accomplishing here as a group of people? Mm. Great words from Karen Walters. Beyond culture is the name of her firm. Uh, Karen, this has been fantastic. And I can't imagine there aren't some folks that have heard what you've had to say and think I need to call Karen or be in touch. So let's tell them how they can contact you. It would be my honor. And I have a website and it is, um, karenwalters.com. So well, that's, that's pretty easy to remember. That's an easy one. <laughs> yeah. I'm on LinkedIn as Karen Walters, and I'd love you to take a look at that. Shout out to Greg Burkhalter, who helped me with my, oh, my LinkedIn. I know that guy. I know. He's the LinkedIn guy. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So pretty easy. Okay. Terrific. Uh, karenwalters.com, uh, folks. Uh, check her out on LinkedIn as well. Karen Walters, Beyond Culture. Thank you so much for coming in. Thank you, John. Yeah. Hey folks, just a quick 
reminder, speaking of dysfunction in your business, if you've got some dysfunction that involves administrative tasks you're working on that you shouldn't be working on or bookkeeping or marketing or things like that, that really you need to get in the hands of a more seasoned professional that knows that work and you need to focus on the points in your business, the pain points in your business that are much more suited for your time and attention, Office Angels is a place to to start. Give the chief executive angel there, S.E.S. Cabido, a call, 770-442-9246. She's got a whole team of angels that have the experience and talent necessary to fly in, get that work done, and fly out. And they do it on an ongoing or needed or as-needed basis. I use their services myself. They're fantastic. Uh, I couldn't run my business without Office Angels. So if that's uh, a situation that you need to pay some attention to, uh, I encourage you to give them a call. You'll be glad you did. And two things as we close the show, I've got a book coming out later this year. It's called The Price and Value Journey, Raising Your Confidence, Your Value, and Your Prices, Using the Generosity Mindset method. That book will be available later this year, 2023. If you want more information on that, go to pricevaluejourney.com. And also a thank you to our listeners. Uh, we, we're coming up, believe it or not, on show 700 is in our sites uh, coming up here in a few months. We've just passed our seven-year anniversary, and we have gotten this far because of you, our listener. You continue to support us in a variety of ways, and one of those ways is when you hear someone whose work really you want someone else to know about, you've shared the show. I can't imagine that you wouldn't want to share this one uh, with someone that needs HR services because Karen has clearly uh, uh, shown her expertise there. Um, But in any of our shows, if you hear someone that you think uh, someone else ought to know about, please share the show and continue to support us in that way. We're grateful to you as you do that and as we try to fulfill our mission as the voice of business in North Fulton. So for my guest, Karen Walters, I'm John Ray. Join us next time here on North Fulton Business Radio.